the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I'm joined by my fellow cabinet member and one of the leaders of the California School Choice Organization, Doug Hauser. Uh, Unite IE, our mission is to unite freedom-loving America-loving Americans and magnify our strength and effectiveness in making and keeping America great, free, and prosperous. And I always thought we would just, maybe we won't do it every week, but the uh, the principles of the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and we are, we are also freedom-loving America-loving Americans, dedicated to saving and restoring our country, freedom, and republic through personal freedom, protected by constitutionally limited government, free enterprise, with the opportunity for all and favoritism for none, fiscal responsibility where government lives within our means, and putting America and Americans first in one nation under God. And I don't know about you, Doug, but if if that if that if those principles don't say white supremacy and domestic terrorism, I don't know what does. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's ridiculous. The the idea that we should retreat into our identities, um, as uh, as Ben Shapiro once put it, um, as as the ultimate argument is self-defeating and will ultimately just lead to the splintering of a society in which every group is for itself and 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 internecine warfare. Instead, we have to discuss, argue, put forth our principles, let the other side put forth their principles, you know, and come to either some compromise or some mutual agreement as to what is the important thing. I would argue that those what are now conservative principles, which used to be sort of classical liberal principles, they have built the most secure, most powerful, most prosperous, most just most honest society in the history of the world. And this is not to say that society is perfect because none ever has been and maybe none ever will be, but certainly we've come closer to it than just about any other uh, major country in the history of the world. And the proof of it, an objective proof, is that people from all over the world are clamoring to get here. They hop into inner tubes and cross shark-infested waters to get here. They they lock themselves in, into semi-trucks, you know, in sweltering heat and cross burning deserts to get here, you know. So we have a society that is the envy of the world. I, I once saw a public opinion poll that, that spanned many, many countries, and it said that something like 40% of the entire population of the world would like to move to America. So we don't want to change it too much and be the kind of country that people want to leave instead of the kind of country that people want to come to. That's an objective truth. Nobody is fleeing Miami for Cuba. You know, it's all the traffic is in the other direction. The, the, the Berlin Wall and the guns on the Berlin Wall were pointed in one direction. It was to keep the people in the communist state. It wasn't to keep them from fleeing West Germany for East Germany. That wasn't happening. And so uh, that tells us which is the better society. But it's not. Um, there's, a, there's a poll out. On the EVM, this is the weekend before 4th of July on Monday. And according to this poll, 38%, only 38% of American adults describe themselves as extremely proud to be an American. And that is a record low number. Um, previously, the number had never been lower than 55%. Wow. Shocking. 
Yeah, and we were we were ju- we were just at a uh, education seminar put on by the Heritage by Heritage Action, and one of the panelists related that and I forget the exact ages, but that of young people, recent products of the government-run schools and universities. Only a third were either extremely or even somewhat proud to be an American. So whether you're right, people are still clamoring to get here and whether that's still an image of the country that they previously had or they just it just economically it's better. So whether they think America is a particularly a great country or not, it's certainly better. It's, it's, there's more. They can do better economically here than they can in Honduras or Africa or wherever else they're they're, they're coming from, and uh, they are coming from. They are, and and the and, and, and separate issue is they are they are coming from everywhere because they've just the O'Brandon administration has opened the borders and everybody gets in and there was just a. Just today, on Thursday when we record, a Supreme Court case was announced that uh, upheld the O'Brandon administration, as I call them, decision to end President Trump's remain in Mexico policy, which was very effective in controlling the border because our laws do not allow us to control our our own border. So we had to depend on Mexico to do it. And so they they had to to wait in Mexico. And once they knew they couldn't get immediately released into the country, they stopped coming. I mean, imagine that. But I'm I'm coming way back to your first point is that I don't think we I don't everything you said about the country, I believe to be true, that it is represented a quantum leap forward in self-government and freedom. And the we will talk more about the Declaration of Independence in this show, that what we created was the most exceptional country because it was the exception in in how it was organized in human history. But everything you said about the country being all those wonderful things and positive things is not shared by our enemies, and they are our enemies. This is correct. We are, Uh, we are. I remember the speaker you were talking about. He made an, an auxiliary point that you left out, which was the young person he was speaking to who was not proud to be an American turned out to be incredibly ignorant of American history and what America has done. He gave he told us the story that he said to the, to the young person, just f- file up on your computer a picture of Korea at night. And then he asked him to compare North Korea with South Korea. And North, uh, North Korea was pitch dark. South Korea was all lit up. And he said, look at that. In South Korea, people are out right now. They're going to the theater. They're going to restaurants. They're going to libraries. They have electric lights in their homes so they can read a book. They can watch TV. They can live their lives. In North Korea, they're all asleep because there's no electricity. And the difference is North Korea is backed by the Chinese Communist government and South Korea is backed by the United States. And it is that way because of X number of U.S. servicemen that went halfway around the world to a country they didn't know and would never live in to fight for those people's freedom. And this young person was shocked. They didn't even know that that existed. They probably didn't know there was a communist North Korea and a free South Korea. So the reason so many adults, and I will imagine that it's a lot of young adults, are not proud of the country is because they simply do not know what the history of this country is. How many of them, if you ask them this question that I frequently ask my friends, who is the only group of people in the history of the planet to fight a bloody war to free from slavery a group of people that was not even related to them at all? Who is that only group? And that is Northern white Americans at the time of the Civil War to free black slaves from the South, from Democrat slaveholders, I might add, but that's even trivial. But they fought a bloody war, lost thousands and tens of thousands of lives. Hundreds of thousands. Hundreds of thousands to free a group of people that was not their nearby relatives. 
They did it on principle. They did it for the cause of liberty. They did it for the cause of freedom. They did it because they understood that to be a modern, successful country, you are going to need the resources of all your people. You're going to need men and women and whites and blacks and Asians and Hispanics. They didn't have all those groups in in the numbers we have today. But we realize that we need for each individual to achieve their maximum potential. Potential is the heaviest burden. But if they can achieve it, that is going to advance your entire society. And that's why the United States, while imperfect in living up to its ideals, that's why those ideals are still the best ideals in the history of the world. Well, I think you may be overstating the thinking of people in in 1861 to 1865 that we really need to maximize the contribution of men and women of all. I think think maybe you're um, overstating that. But the idea that, that slavery was wrong but not that they thought, not that most of the people of that time thought, you know, we're all the same. We just judge people based on the content of their character, not on the color of their skin. I think overstates where our progress was for that for for that time. But in the skin, in the, the scope of history, you're absolutely right. I mean, when has when has a when have people fought and died to Fights to liberate other people. I think one of the str- I can't I can't quote it by memory. I'm not going to look it up here. Is the, in the, in the third section of the uh, battle hymn of the battle hymn of the Republic. It talks about uh, that as Christ uh, as Christ died to make men holy, let us live to make men free. So Americans not just live, but a lot hundreds of thousands of them died in the process of making men free. Now it was all it was also to preserve the union. So that was a very strong. Right motivation as as well in and and why the union initially did go to war because and we're, we're kind of going off in, into history that but lincoln ran on in 1860 in, in the ad election his platform was that slavery must be allowed to remain where it now exists but should not be allowed to extend to any new states or territories and the and the south not the south nevertheless uh, seceded um as once Lincoln was elected and became and became president, so you're correct. To pride not- of the nation. So it was a lot. It was yes, it was to make men free, but it was, it was also for the country, as they were willing in the Civil War and in all of our in the wars up to this point, men were willing to fight and die for the country, and query whether or not when you're not proud of the country. And particularly younger people, when only a third are very or somewhat proud to be an American, are they going to be willing to do that? And I was just reading this week, and kind of you know, often in related news, is that the Army for this fiscal year is, is going to run only about 40% of its recruiting goal. 40%. Right. And what's going on to that is you know, what's all the factors in that? But I think part of it is the, the young people just don't, they're, they're, they're not proud of the country. Now, they see also see what's happening in the military. It's going woke. They see what happened in Afghanistan. Uh, they may see, the service in the military is disproportionately Southern. And they may say, you know, um, I'm willing to fight and die for my country. I'm not willing to fight and die for the O'Brandon administration. Right. We are right. past time for a break here. Um, okay. We will let's take us here from our sponsor, Ed Hoffman of Planet Home Lending. Place to go for your real estate lending needs. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Planet Home Lending LLC and host of the main event. Heard weekends right here on AM 590 The Answer. I'm sure by now you've heard interest rates have jumped up over the last few months, but so have home values. So what does that mean to you? If you're carrying a bunch of credit card debt or you don't have money to pay your tax bill, or just needed extra money to fill up your gas tank. Now may be the perfect time to do a cash-out refinance to consolidate those bills or get some extra funds in your bank account while your equity is so high before rates get any worse. If you or your spouse are 62 years or older, higher values make reverse mortgages that didn't work before work now. To see how we can make the numbers work for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. 
That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. Ed Hoffman, Retail Branch Manager, NMLS ID 9921, Branch NMLS ID 2275209. Planet Home Lending, LLC, NMLS ID 17022. Planet Home Lending, LLC, is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. We're talking about uh, the state of patriotism and belief in the country and history and the importance of history uh, in a society. Um, Reagan said, and it was really a great speech that was underreported and probably underlistened to, was his farewell address. And he's talking about, oh, yeah, we, we brought the country back, but we really haven't institutionalized it. And uh, one of the things he said was, if we forget what we did, we won't know who we are. I am warning of an eradication of the American memory that could result ultimately in an erosion of the American spirit. Wow, that was that was prescient. Mm -hmm. Karl Marx, a people without a heritage. Are easily persuaded. Winston Churchill, one of the signs of a great society is the diligence with which it passes culture from one generation to the next. You just, you just, to have a country, you have to pass on that history, the sense of that we, we, we have a country, we have, we've done great things in the past, and we want to continue doing things together in the future. And that is being taken away, and I think being deliberately taken away. There was just a story this week that at Columbia, it was Columbia, no, it was Cornell University, that someone in the, in the library, there had been a, there was a bust of Abraham Lincoln and a bronze copy of the Gettysburg Address. And that was removed. And when someone, someone, one of the professors there noted, asked the library, well, why is that? And no one knew other than, well, someone complained. Yeah. Someone complained. And and see that, and that is exactly what's going on all across the country in the government run schools and in the so called universities. It is intentional and it is deliberate to take away that sense of history so they can persuade people to give up everything that you described in the first thing about all the great qualities of America and what it's accomplished and replace it with something else. Right. Something that they'll just make up. They, I don't even think they themselves have a clear idea of what it is. Um, it's clear that they don't, I think that they don't really want to live under a socialist communist system, because if they did, there are many, many countries that they could move to and live under a socialist communist system. Instead, what they want is for themselves to be the rulers of a socialist communist system. If they were to move to Cuba, they would just be another Cuban peasant. If they were to move to Russia, they would just be another Russian peasant. If they moved to North Korea, they'd be worse. They'd be a slave of the state. They don't want that. Bernie Sanders doesn't want that. He wants to be Vladimir Putin over the United States. He wants to be Fidel Castro over the United States. If he really thought communism was so great, he's got many, many communist countries to choose from that he could move to, but he doesn't. And none of them ever do. Instead, they imagine themselves as the overlords, the bosses who know better than everybody else and will tell the rest of us how we can live without police, without our kids getting a proper education, uh, without the right to self-defense, right, without money, without possessions. While you can be very sure that they will always have possessions. Fidel Castro never had a shortage of Cuban cigars to smoke while living in his presidential palace. While the average Cuban was out there cutting sugar cane or working in those fields and working in those factories and not enjoying those little luxuries of life that he had. And this is what these people want to bring to our country. They don't really believe that it's a worker's paradise just around the corner. Um, It's all it's empty rhetoric to get people to support them. And it's always cloaked in, you know, in their language of deception. They change the meanings of words constantly so that they can get what they want. Um, I just saw an article recently that said discrimination is now considered a bad thing. But the actual definition of discrimination is knowing good from bad. 
That's discrimination. But now it has received a very negative connotation. You're deciding something is better than something else. It's always in a racial context. There's no other form of discrimination uh, to say, I would rather have a job that earns me a lot of money than to get a pointed stick in my eye. Well, that's discrimination. How dare you discriminate against against a pointed stick in your eye? You know, and everything is like that. And we just heard in the last week, women's rights, women's sports, women's health care, women's this, women's that. But it seems like just a month ago that they couldn't tell us what a woman is. They don't know what the definition of a woman is. So but all of a sudden, they're the biggest defenders of women there could possibly be. Because it's all made up. It's in their minds. It's just words to control people and trigger their emotions so that they can get political power to do whatever they feel like doing at that moment. Well, I, th- I think the array of people trying to take down the country and that and that's absolutely the case that they are trying to, whether it's fundamentally transform the United States of America in Obama's words or wreck the country and replace it with a one-party state of some kind. I think there are, there are disparate forces. I think there are people who really believe that in socialism, communism, Marxism is the way to go, despite all evidence to the contrary. There's something, there's something about that philosophy that has some enduring appeal to people. I think there are the uh, elites and the globalists who they're happy to, do, they're happy to use those first group, but they, they envision a yes, a one-party state, but there, but it's not going to be a socialist or communist state. In reality, it's going to be more like China, where the elites do well and are in charge, and everyone else is less so and is not free and exists to serve the state. So I think there's I think there's a there's a, there's a disparity in, for, in in those forces that are unified. Only to the extent that they want to take down America as it was formed and 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 and, and constituted. I think you're there correct. A- and the, the reason the reason they are sort of disparate forces is because they never want to make clear what their goal actually is. None of these groups will come and say it. I can recall seeing people being interviewed where they were they were screaming at a rally down with capitalism down with capitalism and an interviewer i believe it might have been from fox news stuck a microphone in his face and said so if capitalism fails what will you replace it with and before the guy could answer a person beside him said don't answer that don't answer that question he he you know don't 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 say anything he, he wants you to answer that question of course, we want the answer to that question. It's a perfectly sensible question. If you're down with something and you're going to destroy something, what will you replace it with? But they don't want to say what they would replace it with because any proper exploration of that idea would reveal a dystopian future that mo- the vast majority of people would reject outright as they are currently rejecting all this leftist uh, nonsense that the O'Biden uh, the Biden administration is pushing on us. Uh, the open borders, the great increases in crime, the huge price surges, the shortages of food, the humanitarian crisis and national defense crisis at the border, war in Europe through weak, feckless foreign policy, the disaster of the Afghanistan withdrawal. Most people reject this. And so our opposition, I'll call them our opposition, cannot reveal what they really want because they know most people reject it. It must all be done through subterfuge, through sneaky things. I also just heard recently. Hey, hang on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop here because we have to move on okay. in the next half. And we, and we have okay. about a minute left here. There's, on this education front, there's some really good news this week is that Arizona adopted a very broad school choice arrangement that applies to everybody. You get, in essence, like our proposed initiative, a educational savings account. There's going to be different figures, either $6,500 or $7,000 when the state spends eleven, and it's open up to, to everyone to then to choose your, your school. And I think this is exactly what needs to happen. And one of the keys to, if we're going to save the country, is to, is getting America's children out of the government-run schools is not just for better education, and it is, but for the reasons we've just been discussing in this first half of the show, it is a national survival issue. 
And Agreed. Arizona did a great it was a great start and every state that has a Republican legislature and governor should have a, the, an equivalent school choice law. Uh, that's all the time we have this half. Uh, stay tuned for the exciting second half of Unite, i.e. radio. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Planet Home Lending LLC and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. I'm sure by now you've heard interest rates have jumped up over the last few months, but so have home values. So what does that mean to you? If you're carrying a bunch of credit card debt, or you don't have money to pay your tax bill, or just needed extra money to fill up your gas tank, now may be the perfect time to do a cash-out refinance to consolidate those bills or get some extra funds in your bank account while your equity is so high before rates get any worse. If you or your spouse are 62 years or older, higher values make reverse mortgages that didn't work before work now. To see how we can make the numbers work for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. Ed Hoffman, Retail Branch Manager, NMLS ID 9921, Branch NMLS ID 2275209. Planet Home Lending, LLC, NMLS ID 17022. Planet Home Lending, LLC is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Hi, I'm Ron Osk with Elder Law Center. Are you concerned with an aging family member whose declining health makes them unable to manage their own affairs? Before long, you may be dealing with mental, physical, emotional, health care, and financial challenges, often more than you could have anticipated. For over 25 years, we have been helping people like you, struggling to look after mom and dad. Contact me at elderlawcenter.net or call me at 951-684-5608. That's 951-684-5608. Let me help you help your family. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And we see every day, every hour, the need for Americans to step up and fulfill the obligations of that most important political office if you want to keep your country, your freedom, and the republic. Well, we were talking about history and the lack thereof this being taught in the uh, government-run schools and universities and its effect on the national um, pride and patriotism. And we noted at the very end, a bright, some good news this week is that Arizona adopted a very broad school choice law, which allows all parents to have a substantial portion that I've read, $6,500 or $7,000 out of the 11000 per student that they spend every year in an educational savings account that the parents can decide where to uh, send the schools, which is similar to the initiative that Doug and I were working on in, in here in California, albeit we came up uh, uh, unsuccessful in getting the requisite signatures. And before we move on to some of the, some of the, the big news on the Supreme Court this week, you had some thoughts on the uh, Arizona law, Doug. Right. One of the interesting things about it is that it started out as a school choice plan for only special needs children. And it was so popular that they expanded it. I believe at the next level, they expanded it to uh, poorer kids. And that was still very popular. And they expanded it more. They kept expanding it. And now they've made it virtually universal. But this was in response to the public, to the parents who saw the advantages of such a program of not only for the special needs kids, but for every kid, every kid is different. Some kids love science. Some kids love art. Some kids love history. So why shouldn't there be specialized schools to help each kid in our plan? The schools must be accredited. So that keeps at least some degree of control. It can't be just Uncle Joe or Uncle Fred teaching the kids algebra when Uncle Fred knows nothing of algebra. There's got to be some control on it. But there could be special academies for special needs kids, for kids who want to excel in science, for kids who want to go the entrepreneurial route, for kids who love art. And the parent knows the child best knows what is leading to the child's success the best, and the parent is the one who has the most interest in that child being successful in life. The state has very mixed motives. We know a lot of times the state does not want people to be successful because then they're out of control of the government. The government likes to have control over people. So people who are not able to take care of themselves and not able to be successful and independent is sometimes uh, a thing that the state, you know, has mixed emotions about. The parent wants the child to be successful in life, and that's the one who should be in control of the money. 
As you said, our plan is very similar. It will provide $15,000 out of approximately twenty-one dollars to $22,000 that the state spends in total. Um, and that $15,000 is more than the majority of private schools in the state charge. So there'll be money left over, which becomes the Children's College Fund. I believe this is just a, a superb plan. We find when people hear about it, it has tremendous, tremendous appeal across party lines, across ethnic divisions, across financial divisions. So uh, we're going to give it another go, even though we came up short, we're going to give it another go. And uh, I think we're going to be successful in the long run. Uh, one, would, one, one, one would hope so, because it, it is essential that uh, if we're going to save the country, we need to get our, our children out of the government-run schools. This is the end of the Supreme Court term in in June is often when some of their most important decisions are released. And lead among those was the Dobbs case that overturned Roe v. Wade. And Roe v. Wade was back was originally decided in 1973, in which the court made up without any basis whatsoever in the Constitution, a constitutional right to abortion that in practice has resulted in a unlimited right to abortion through the entire nine months of pregnancy. Even though it, they, that was not the exact wording of the case, that's how it has been interpreted and, and, and put into effect. And this was, a, this was regardless, regardless of what your view is on whether what if any restrictions should exist on killing unborn children. This was a great decision, and there were a couple others, for the rule of law and the proper role of the judiciary. Is they, there being no basis in the Constitution for this, they said this has been a matter that the states can address through their laws and their elected representatives or by state or by initiative in the state or the states that have initiatives and the people can, can choose. So uh, as Tucker Carlson pointed out, the, the people that are screaming the loudest about our democracy <laughs> are the ones that don't want our democracy to decide uh, what, what restrictions, if any, should exist on, on abortion. Of course, con- consistency has never been a uh, <laughs> a, a strong suit for yeah. our, for for our, for our for our, our, our for our political enemies. So that was right. one. And then conversely, we had a we had a, a gun rights decision out of Second Amendment decision out of New York, where they have a good cause requirement in order to have a concealed gun. I can see I carry a concealed weapon, and in practice. It means essentially no one can qualify for carrying a, a gun. And, but now, unlike the abortion decision, we actually have something in the Constitution called the Second Amendment. <laughs> a, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Keep and, wow, what a, what a concept. The right <laughs> to keep and bear arms means the right to keep and bear arms. <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah. So uh, just you know, two really good decisions on we're going to look at what the law says. It says, as Scalia pointed out, the Constitution says some things and doesn't say other things. And right. it's, not, it's not the judge's job to step in and write new provisions. Because when the judge can do that, you might the constitution is in essence the agreement the contract whereby we govern ourselves as a free people you wouldn't if you have a contract you've agreed to do certain things and in return for certain things would you want a judge to be able to rewrite your contract for you well maybe the judge rewrites it in your favor one day you like it but just as easily the judge could rewrite your contract in ways that you don't like Mm-hmm. Yep. And if for a republic is yes, there are there are limitations on government in the constitution. But outside of that, the people get to govern ourselves through electing our representatives, through influencing our representatives, and in states where it's allowed through popular initiatives. 
That's the way it's, that's the, that is the way it's supposed to be. So we had two good decisions from the U.S. Supreme Court on the same subject, and even one from the New York Supreme Court. Liberal, I mean, I'm, I don't know the justices there, but given the state politics and Democrat control of the state, I would imagine that they're all very liberal, solid Democrat judges on the, on the state Supreme Court. And New York had passed a law, a, a law that said, we're going to let non-citizens vote. And the New York Constitution is clear and explicit that only citizens are allowed to vote in the state of New York. And to their credit, the liberal judges of the New York Supreme Court followed what their constitution said and ruled that that New York law, New York City law, was unconstitutional under their state constitution, again, upholding the rule of law, which is being severely tattered in so many ways. But at least in these three decisions, we had, you know, they were good. Yes. Now, I'm not a constitutional scholar, which might come as a surprise to some of my acquaintances, but I can read. And when I read the constitution, I do see the right to keep and bear arms in there And I do not see the word abortion or any synonym for it anywhere. And that suggests to me, just as a clear thinker, that abortion was not intended to be a constitutional right, but was to be left to the people, meaning to the democratic process, whereas the right to self-defense in the form of keeping and bearing arms was intended to be a constitutional right and not subject to the whims of democracy. Um, As has sometimes been said in the past, pure democracy can be two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for lunch. And so we don't have a pure democracy. There are certain zones of inviolable individual rights that cannot be taken away simply by a majority. Uh, That's to defend unpopular minorities, not popular minorities, but unpopular minorities from the tyranny of the majority. So that totally makes sense. As to uh, the New York law, the idea of non-citizens who, by definition, have a divided loyalty or may have a totally other loyalty than to the United States, the idea that they should be determining the future course of the government and of the United States, to me, is just ridiculous. Uh, no country in its right mind would allow visitors to come in and start influencing their politics in such an immediate and direct way as being allowed to vote in elections. That, that just seems absurd on its face. I can't imagine any uh, self-respecting country doing that. And so I deduce that New York City is not very self-respecting. They trust outsiders to come in and vote for what's best for them better than they trust themselves to vote what's best for them, which is, you know, obviously not a very self-respecting position to have. And uh, I think all three decisions were rightfully upheld. um, And that's my view on that. We are, and I, I think I think you would agree that we are in a cultural and political civil war. Yes, we're losing it, and that's no, and that's another that's another issue. But the point I want to make is this: that it's important in a war to accurately, and this is from Sun Tzu, the famous Chinese general and strategist. It's widely quoted. Um, oh, it's amazing how well Sun Tzu spoke and wrote English for living about five hundred and fifty BC. But. Uh, <laughs> Is one one of his one of his one of his maxims is is to make sure you understand yourself and you understand the enemy. And too often, I people on our side they talk about this is insane. This the what, what the Democrats are doing is insane. It's crazy. It makes no sense. And the answer is, it makes absolute, total, and complete sense given the enemy's objectives. Once you, when you understand that their objective is to overthrow our republic, to overthrow the Constitution, to overthrow our freedom and the country, to replace it with vaguely, I'm not sure they've given that, as you pointed out before, have they, how, how much have they really thought through what they want, and they probably differ on ultimately what, what, they, what they want on the, on the other side, but they are willing to do anything 
to achieve it. They are not bound by any legal or moral scruples. So it makes absolute total sense. We're going to let roughly, and I read in in the New York case, roughly 800,000 people vote because they're going to vote primarily leftist Democrat. Now in in New York, they don't have, they basically don't have Republicans. They may, they, they, they have, um, the difference is probably between the Leninites and the Trotskyites in various <laughs> gradations of far, of, of far left Democrat. Same thing with the same thing with, with the opening the border. We think this is crazy and it's insane that you would do that. No, it's not insane. It's evil. They're flooding the country with millions. Maybe in the, in the first of Brandon term, you, you may get 10 million or more in especially with the change with the elimination of Remain in Mexico policy that was, upheld, that was upheld this week. And it is to change the character of the country. It's to stack the voting debt. So it is a conscious, well-thought-out policy intended to achieve their objectives. So it is not crazy or insane. It is evil, but not crazy. I, I, that, I agree with you. you, I'll let you I'll, I will let you respond to that on the other side of the break after this word from our sponsors. Uh, the Beaumont Banning Cherry Tea, the Beaumont Banning Cherry Valley Tea Party. Tried to say that just a little too fast. <laughs> Some attorney named Greg Britton and Ron Osk of the Elder Law Center. Uh, back after this. Hi, I'm Ron Osk with Elder Law Center. Are you concerned with an aging family member whose declining health makes them unable to manage their own affairs? Before long, you may be dealing with mental, physical, emotional, health care, and financial challenges, often more than you could have anticipated. For over 25 years, we have been helping people like you, struggling to look after mom and dad. Contact me at elderlawcenter.net or call me at 951-684-5608. That's 951-684-5608. Let me help you help your family. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton. I'm pleased to be joined by Doug Hauser on this week's show. We're going to shift gears here. And uh, practically every week, at least one or two times, there's new information about showing a new scientific evidence that the, uh, the COVID vax is neither safe nor effective, that you're actually more, more likely to get the disease with the current variant if you are vaxxed than if you aren't. And there was, a, there was another study that was, uh, came out this week that the, you are five times more likely to have a serious adverse reaction to the Pfizer vax than you are to taking the Pfizer vax to avoid having to go to the hospital. And that's just one example of this information that's continually coming out, but you have to look for it because it's certainly not going to be in the mainstream media. Uh, Gateway Pundit is one of my favorite sources uh, for all sorts of things, and they've done a very good job on, uh, on reporting on COVID. There was an extraordinary hearing this week in which, uh, and we're going to play a clip here from uh, uh, Congressman Jim Jordan is questioning Dr. Burks, who was one of Trump's top advisors during the COVID, uh, uh, the COVID pandemic and it's, and it's, uh, back in 2020. And let's listen to this exchange. When the government told us, told the American people, that people who had been vaccinated couldn't get it, were they guessing or were they lying? I don't know. All I know is there was evidence from the global pandemic that natural reinfection was incurring. And since the vaccine was based on natural immunity, you cannot make the conclusion that the vaccine will do better than natural infection, although it can often do slightly better. I think that's I mean, you're an expert. You were on the task force. You were part of this this effort when you were in the previous administration. And you're saying in this administration that you can't rule out the fact that our government was lying to us when they told us the vaccinated could not get the virus. I don't know about their discussions that they had in the task force. So I can't tell you that. I can tell you as a family member who had individuals that were susceptible, of course we got everybody vaccinated. But we still use layered protection during surges because I knew potentially the vaccine immunity would wane like natural immunity waned. And there was evidence that every four months reinfection was occurring in South Africa. Wow. When the government told us that the vaccinated couldn't transmit it, was that a lie or was that a guess? Or is it the same answer? 
I think it was hope that the vaccine would work in that way. And that's why I think scientists and public health leaders always have to be at the so, table, so being it, very clear what we know and what but we this, don't this know. Is in, this is important for the country to know. So when I asked the question, when the government told us that the vaccinated couldn't get it, and I asked you if it was a guess or a lie, you said you don't know. You said you think it was hope. So what we do know is it wasn't the truth. So they were either guessing, lying, or hoping, and communicating that information to the, to the, to the citizens of this country. I think they were hoping, but you should know in those original phase three trials that were done in this country, that we only measured for symptomatic disease. So we weren't proactively testing everybody in those trials to see if they got infected with mild or asymptomatic disease. And so people had to present within the clinical trials. I, I'm just, so I, we I, never had the data that it yeah. was going to protect against asymptomatic infection. I'm just struck with the irony. We got, we got government agencies guessing, hoping, or lying uh, with, with the information they're presenting to the American people. And this is the same this is the same administration that wants to set up the, the government governance, disinformation governance board and wants to talk about misinformation. And they're the biggest purveyors of misinformation, false information, hopeful information, but not accurate and true information, which is, uh, again, the frustration I think so many of the folks I get the privilege of representing have shared, uh, have shared with me. I, 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 I heard that. I, mean, I, I listened to that clip. I, I found that clip. And I... It was just it was just extraordinary. It hasn't gotten as much traction as I, as I think it deserves. They went to the people. This is this is going to work. This is going to this where we can come back to normal. Take these guys got to take the vax. They have forced people on pain of being fired to take mm-hmm. that vax. That now one of the people who is on the inside of all that says, "Well, we were just hoping it was going to work." I don't know if the government was guessing or lying. And they're and they're they're here in California. They're pushing AB two ninety eight, two thousand ninety eight, which would make it a which would make it a grounds for revoking your medical license if you dissent from whatever the government orthodoxy, which has been which has changed over time on COVID. And now we have an admission from one of the insiders that, that was making all these policies that they were at best just hoping that this vaccine would work. And that was never communicated to the people. Say, we think we have something that may help you, but we're not sure. It was, we're absolutely sure, no doubt, we're going to ask Facebook and the big dem tech companies to censor you you if you post any contrary information. It's contrary to what we were hoping was going to happen. Right. Hope is not a policy. Somebody famous once said that. Um, As a former biomedical researcher, which was my career for more than 30 years, I'm very embarrassed for my former profession. I can only hope that this was political people doing this and not what I would consider true scientists. When I was a scientist, my goal was to discover facts as objectively and purely to match reality as was possible within the, the limits of the experimental method that we had and the samples that we had. And when we didn't know something, we wouldn't publish a paper pretending that we knew it. We would say we need more data and we wouldn't even put that out there for peer review until we actually had a fact that we were very sure of that we could rely on, that other people could rely on. So I'm, I'm very, very embarrassed for my former profession. I still am a huge believer in science and in the scientific method. And my hope is that this was political people using science for their own ends and that more and more scientists will come forward and tell the truth about what was going on here and expose these people for what they are. This is a disgrace. And if we cannot trust scientific truth as being the epitome of what truth is supposed to be, whether we're absolutely certain that it's correct or we're partly certain that it's correct or it's just a hypothesis at this point, then we're all in big trouble because then we are just retreating into the, the, the realm of our own minds and there's no objective reality at all. And that way we'll lead, as George Orwell pointed out very clearly, 
to uh, totalitarianism. I'm going to have to reclaim the time here because we want to get to something else before the end. The the problem is it wasn't just the political people. The science people, the doctors, the medical establishment went Mm -hmm. along with this. They prostituted themselves for money and politics to their everlasting shame and their credibility. This is Fourth of July weekend, and wish everyone a, a most have a good time, but also to remember the reason for the holiday. And from the Declaration of Independence, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. And that was the exception in how to organize a government and a society in all of human history. And that produced American exceptionalism to make the most exceptional country in history. And the declaration concludes, and in support of this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. They made that pledge knowing that they were caught by the British, they would be hanged. What are we willing to do today to preserve the country that they created for us? That's the question we all have to ask. Thanks, Doug, for being on the show. Thank you. Another exciting edition of Unite, i.e. Radio. Hi, I'm Ron Osk with Elder Law Center. Are you concerned with an aging family member whose declining health makes them unable to manage their own affairs? Before long, you may be dealing with mental, physical, emotional, health care, and financial challenges, often more than you could have anticipated. For over 25 years, we have been helping people like you, struggling to look after mom and dad. Contact me at elderlawcenter.net or call me at 951-684-5608. That's 951-684-5608. Let me help you help your family. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Plant Home Lending LLC and host of the main event. Heard weekends right here on AM590 The Answer. I'm sure by now you've heard interest rates have jumped up over the last few months, but so have home values. So what does that mean to you? If you're carrying a bunch of credit card debt, or you don't have money to pay your tax bill, or just needed extra money to fill up your gas tank, now may be the perfect time to do a cash-out refinance to consolidate those bills or get some extra funds in your bank account while your equity is so high before rates get any worse. If you or your spouse are 62 years or older, higher values make reverse mortgages that didn't work before work now. To see how we can make the numbers work for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. Ed Hoffman, Retail Branch Manager, NMLS ID 9921, Branch NMLS ID 2275209. Planet Home Lending, LLC, NMLS ID 17022. Planet Home Lending, LLC is an equal housing lender and licensed Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.